This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Hi, I'm Walt Grayson. You can now listen to the wild, weird, and wonderful stories of Mississippi with Mile Marker. Some of the big names that travel up and down the highways, obviously Elvis and Johnny Cash, and you had Jerry Lewis, Carl Perkins. Join me as we hit the roads of Mississippi on Mile Marker. Johnny Cash suggested that Carl write a song called Blue Suede Shoes that was all kind of created with Aaron Amory. You can listen by going to mpbonline.org slash radio or by using your favorite podcasting app. From MPB Think Radio, this is Deep South Dining, the show all about the culture of Southern flavor and the folks that love to stir the pot. Good morning, Malcolm White with Carol Palmer. We will be your host as we explore food and foodways of Mississippi, the American South, and beyond. The James Beard Foundation's mission is to celebrate, support, and elevate the people behind America's food culture. And once again, Mississippi is being recognized as a leader in that culture. Today, we talk with James Beard Award nominees, Chef Hunter Evans from the restaurant Elvis and Sophia Mohammed from Sambu's African Kitchen. And as always, we would love to hear what's going on in your kitchen. Good morning, Carol. How in the world are you? Mal, I'm great. What a big week it's been. It's been a big week. There's a lot going on in the old bold or the city with soul or whatever yeah. you want to call this place where we Where we reside. live. Yeah, That's right. which is Jackson, Mississippi. Java, how goes your world, my man? Oh, man, everything is good. I'm glad I made it out the weekend alive. Um, I had a, <laughs> a single father experience as my wonderful wife is doing Fun and fabulous things, but it often pulls her away from the home. So I am. You're been, back. I am back amongst the adults and, uh, you know, had a wonderful time with me and the kiddos this weekend. What did you cook for them? Mm-hmm. Uh, we kept it. We kept it real simple. We did something fun and easy. We do often at the house. We made homemade pizzas. You know, you get the pizza dough from the from the from the store. If you don't know, it's pre-made. Uh, put a little olive oil on the on the crust. Put your sauce on there. Are you using cheese. that uh, Elaine Trigiani olive oil on there? Not yet. I gotta okay. figure out the, uh, okay. the the right thing. You gotta save it for the perfect thing. <laughs> and, it's, not, and it's not and it's not on the stove. Um, uh, no, no, no. Do not put it on the stove. <laughs> no, it's 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 all off in the cabinet, deep and dark. There you go. Now, now you're talking, Java. You're a foodie <clears throat> now. That's right. I I guess I'm getting my badges. I I'm unlike you guys. I didn't make it to a soft opening this weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I did get an invite. So yeah, uh, good, good, you know. good, good. Yeah. So uh, before we delve off into things like soft openings, I want to thank Joe Sherman for sitting in for me last week. I had to be away, and y'all had a great show about stamp super burgers and uh, this grant that they've gotten. Y'all had, I think, Phil stamps the second or third was junior. On? Yes, the second junior, <clears throat> um, third generation uh, stamps is a family-owned restaurant. I think that needs to keep being pushed to the forefront as a family-owned restaurant, you know? And one of the interesting things for me was uh, I was telling everybody how when Joe Sherman was standing in line for an hour waiting for his Stamps burger, which is just what people do, mm-hmm. he was texting me the whole time about the system, and he kept saying, this is the most organized place they have the best system so i wondered about that and phil stamps jr 
said that when you know he was still working in Atlanta, he was you know studying things where he worked, like in a plant, you know, processes yeah. and figuring out how to make his family business better. And you know, it was very simple and paper based. But it just uh, wonderful. And he right. said it's really, really helped. Applying uh, principles like manufacturing principles. Think of the Toyota plant or the yeah. Nissan plant, or even uh, where you worked at Viking, yeah. the, the Viking plant, the way it's organized, and applying that to a to a small family family business. business. But I, I thought that was um, <clears throat> really cool. And my stamps burger weighed. I, I just can't believe. I mean, it's eleven ounces of meat and with eleven all that ounces of meat. And he said a lot of people get doubles. Get a double. Who's got a mouth that big? I don't, I don't know. know. I cut mine in, in little pieces. But anyway, but Malcolm, it was a great show. We good. missed you. Yeah, well, sometimes. Were you, you know. home cooking? Of course, I was home cooking. I'm always home cooking. <laughs> you know what? Kara made a big pot of Italian wedding soup with the meatballs in it this past weekend. It was outrageous. So good. Tell me, what is wedding soup? You know that? Do you know that, Hunter? I've heard of it. Guess who's in the studio, Carol? You know, I think it's Hunter Evans. Chef Hunter Evans from the famous Elvie's Restaurant in <laughs> Bell Haven Town Center. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be Chef. Here. You, you ever <clears throat> encountered the Italian wedding so- uh, soup? I've never made it. Uh, I think I've had it in when I was cooking in New York. I think you know one of those family kind of traditional that uh, you know a traditional recipe that one of the cooks made for us for family meal. So this has pasta and a um, lot of fresh green herbs uh, in it. Carrots, onions, uh, and then meatballs. She made these homemade meatballs, and they're all in the soup as well. It's really good. How about Boy, you, you're a lucky guy. I am a lucky guy. And I live like two blocks from Elvie's, too, by the way. I know. And uh, <laughs> and, and all the wonderful things that are happening uh, in, in Bellhaven. As for me, I cooked one of my favorite winter dishes. It's a tradition for me to cook it. At least once during the winter, and that is a coca van. Yes, you love it. And I do. I love um, – there's just nothing better Classic. when it's cold and rainy than coca van, yeah. chicken in a wine in mm-hmm. wine sauce. Mm-hmm. And especially using good chicken, good wine, yeah, just all the best ingredients. I kept wishing I had some very fine – Carrots. I mean, just um, hey, you know where they got great carrots is across the street from your restaurant at Beans and Bananas. Uh, yeah. Have you seen that carrot? Are they getting them from? <clears throat> I guess they're getting them from out in Flora. Like a two dog. Yeah, was and that say. was in the well, Italian. Well, I'm so suit. glad. I'm so glad that that I mentioned it. Yeah. But anyway, one of the things I love um, about Coca Van because I love cheap thrills. You know, <laughs> I love to I love to flame the cognac. Right. It, it just excites me <laughs> every time. But, yeah, but the, it really changes the flavor of, so, of the food. Yeah. It does. No, yeah. I, I like a little flame. It's a little, yeah. And the flame is, I mean, it's very fun, but it's also important to, you know, burn the alcohol. Off the so cognac. You're not just drinking, you know, eating. Right. Mm-hmm. You don't want to get drunk on your appetizer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so before we go down the uh, king cake rabbit hole, uh, Carol. Oh, you <clears throat> said the words. <laughs> <laughs> you and I attended a soft opening 
uh, at the Polito Osteria, which is a new Italian restaurant that is op- opening tomorrow, Tuesday, the 31st day of January, directly across the street from the now famous Elvies in Bellhaven Town Center. So we want to... Carol, you and I attended the soft opening, and Hunter, I know you also attended one. So, Carol, let's go with you ladies first. What did, how, what did you uh, experience? I experienced some of the finest Italian food that I have had. I, I was expecting the pastas to be outstanding because Chaz Lindsay worked in Italy. You know, mm-hmm. we saw what he could do at Parlor Market, but um, – they, it just really blew me away. My table, there were four of us, and so we had several different ones. And the bolognese sauce had cooked, I think, for several days. But the uh, thing that, that I just loved was the gnocchi. Mm-hmm. And it I've was. Heard lots of good things. Yeah, yeah it that was, seems to be a winner. It was, yeah, very ethereal. I mean, it, it was just so light. And, of course, Chaz was back there slinging pots and didn't get to tell him. But his father said, told us, he said that the gnocchi was actually something he learned when he worked at 11 Madison in in New York, York, 11 Madison Park in New York. And that was one of the high temples of American cuisine. And and so he didn't bring that one from Italy. He brought it from New York. Yeah. Mm And then the pork tenderloin was just out of this world, and it had a deep, like a Marchand de Vin sauce. I was thinking there must have been veal bones cooking in a big pot for you know, yeah. for days, too. But I took, I took my leftovers home. There were three little medallions, and I scraped some of the sauce <laughs> off the plate. And yesterday, I made my husband, uh, I took some, a piece of French bread, po'boy bread, and grilled it, and then put the medallions on it and you know, drizzled that little bit of sauce and you know you would have thought I'd given the man just some wonder he he just said it was it was one of the Fabulous. best things he'd eaten lately so tell me what you had and Hunter I want to hear what, what you thought of yeah. me well I was uh, you know excited when he was at parlor market and they were doing pasta and then I was sad when he left because he left for a couple years went to Texas mm-hmm. and very excited when they announced that he was coming back to make pasta and bring that to Jackson and even better across the street from Elvie's and down the street from where I live. So, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, my wife and I are super excited to have a place to go eat really great Italian food. We went on Wednesday night when it was kind of like a reception cocktail, just come and enjoy the space. Um, I think it was a neighborhood event. Um, but I've had some of the I – th- I really love the porchetta sandwich. Yeah. And it's With got the, the greens, greens yeah. which I've heard I think is a side dish on its own. It is. And I've heard people raving about those. Yeah, those so are really good. I'm definitely getting those. Well, that's great. So you got a new neighbor, and uh, yeah. you know a lot of people in the restaurant, bar, entertainment industry <clears throat> seem to not want neighbors. I personally <laughs> will take all I can get, and yeah. I would assume you feel the same. I'm way. his neighbor, but Chaz and I've known each other for yeah a lot, and we're kind of the maybe the new young guys in town. Mm-hmm. So, but it's it fun creates to be, a cluster, a cluster. Yeah, yeah. And you know, when you're in other stores like retail stores, you want a cluster. I mean, mm-hmm. you want want people to be able to come down and 
you know, come to that area oh, often yeah. and do different restaurants, and you have Manship down the down the street. I just you got Lou's. I think you yeah Lou's, and mm-hmm. I think you just have a great thing going. And when your area of, of town, but you know, becomes known for that, it's a good yeah. thing for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. The same thing we've seen in Flora with the collaboration of the different restaurants is something I believe that that is great. The same way it's happening now in Bellhaven, you know, just a great creating, like you said, that culture. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's when great. Jazz's place is booked, and you know they come over to Elvie's and yeah, wait to get in. Well, Elvie's is always <laughs> there's always a way to Elvie's. Yeah, we, and then we play off each other. Yeah, and then there's Fertile Ground, which is uh, a brewery yeah. that has no food, and then. They have these food options now, yeah. uh, additional food yeah. options for people who want to uh, drink beer and eat. So it's a great little, little buzzer. I, I went Tuesday and Friday, uh, really enjoyed the ceviche. They have a shrimp ceviche uh, that was insane. The Caesar salad is kind of cool because they grind the croutons. And um, it gives it a crunch. There's yeah. a crunchiness on the top of the salad. It looks funny, and then you bite into it, and it's like bread crummy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the cheese and the breadcrumbs are like sounds, you get more crunch all over. You know? A lot more yeah. crunch. I, I'm really feeling bad for Java because he was he could not attend. He was very excited about being invited to the soft. Mm. Opening, so we're going to have to create a soft opening, yeah, totally. a personal soft opening. Absolutely, for- but the the pasta is really good. The pizzas are good. They've got a, <clears throat> as you know, uh, they they bought themselves a really nice high end oven. So it's a wood it's burning beautiful. oven. It's a beautiful oven, and it works really good. I had the chicken. I had the roasted chicken, which you know everybody said you're eating the chicken. They're like, <laughs> absolutely, man. But the skin was perfectly. Roasted in that fire fired oven, and uh, so that now we have manship. Uh, and Polito both doing yeah. uh, uh, wood burning. You don't do that, do you? No, no. I love wood burning, but not at Elvis. Yeah. Carol Palmer, Malcolm White, and the Elvis chef Hunter Evans is with us this morning. Welcome back, Hunter. Good morning. Glad you're here, Carol. Uh, we've got a caller, but before we <clears throat> go there, we want to talk a little bit about king cakes because it's just the way we are. So. You're going to kind of remind us where where folks can imbibe in a king cake here locally. Yeah. Um, this morning in the Clarion Ledger, as I was walking out the door, I saw a little article on local king cakes. And we're not just local. We're worldwide. But today we want to shout out, as we're doing all during the segment, to our Jackson restaurants and Try the king cakes at Broad Street, who's been doing yeah. them for years. You said they had them stacked up. I went in yesterday, and they just had them stacked oh, yeah. from floor to ceiling. People were <laughs> grabbing them, and it was yeah. wild. Uh, Campbell's Bakery, yep. mm-hmm. Beagle Bagel. Right on. Sugar Magnolia, which is in Flowood. Okay. But the one I'm going for, well, two, the Prickly Hippie in Ridgeland yeah. has a Pop-Tart-like mm. Hmm. A king cake that you hold in one hand. Did we mention the district? Did you say that? District Donuts, is that, Hunter? Yeah. You, you said neighbor? they have, yeah. have, uh, the have king cakes. Town good, scene. good. Yeah. And someone sent us a picture on Friday night of a king cake beignet at Kate. Ooh. It looked sounds it was delicious. Fine. Yeah. Okay, that's my yeah. that's my report. All right, we've got a caller from uh, Tony is calling us from somewhere in Georgia, Milledgeville, Milledgeville, Georgia. Hello, Tony. How are you this morning? Hey, good morning, Malcolm, Carol, and Java, and all my D five dining family. I'm doing well, sir, and 
I know you all are because we're talking about food again. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, first of all, I wanted to mention to you all that we continue to keep the people of Jackson in our thoughts and prayers as it's related to the water challenges that you all are still having there. So I want to let you all know that we continue to think about you all. Well, thank you. That's well, kind, especially as you have two restaurateurs mm-hmm. suffering. <laughs> the oh, restaurateurs. Yeah, absolutely. Because we, uh, we certainly know how that can not only affect the individual homeowners and stuff, but also people, you know, who are in the business community. I uh, also wanted to mention, too, that uh, you mentioned carrots. I believe it was Malcolm and you all were talking about carrots a few moments ago, and uh, it reminded me that my wife made a carrot cake a couple of Ooh. days. That's one of my favorite cakes. I love a carrot cake myself. Now, my yeah. wife made an apple cake last night, and it was really good. Oh, yes. I, I, oh, yes. I'm sure that that would be very good. I uh, also wanted to mention to you all, too, that uh, I was thinking about Java this weekend because Joey Chestnut was at a grand opening of a restaurant in Woodstock, Georgia, and I heard him interviewed while he was there at that grand opening, and he said that he ate 12 pounds of mac and cheese in <laughs> five minutes. Uh, and, and, he can, those, and he can have that record. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but for those who don't know who Joey Chestnut is, he is a competitive eater. And he right. goes around the country to yeah. these contests and eats, you know, hundreds of hot dogs and mm. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll, let, we'll let Tony live in Tony's world. I mean, uh, what's his name? Joey. Joey, Joey Chestnut. Uh, not Tony. Joey, yeah. So thanks so uh, much. Yeah, go ahead on. Oh, no, sir. I was just going to say uh, I just wanted to call and mention that because I know Java really likes mac and cheese. And, he is a I mac heard. and cheese fithionado. So, uh, so I look forward to hearing from you guests, and congratulations to those nominees. And uh, I, I enjoy your show every week. And You're a good you man. Sure. Thanks so much for listening, and even more so for calling. We appreciate it. We've got another caller. Thomas is on the phone calling us from Nashville, Tennessee. This would be Thomas, the world-famous Thomas Williams. Hello, Thomas. Hello, Malcolm. Hello, Carol. Um, I, I just wanted to talk a little bit about entering my my hat in the fray of king cakes as well mm. as just mentioned that that um I, I was in jackson i guess my second to last trip and was able to eat brunch with malcolm at at elby's and just want to say what a phenomenal meal and what a phenomenal place service and food Thank you. Appreciate um, it. Very, very, and try to make it make it my stop every time i get to, to jackson greater jackson that's area. because and you know I was, food i was in i was in um, New Orleans last week and I was at the Mosquito Supper Club and then and we got in a heated debate about king cakes. Mm. Um, and um, between, I may pronounce this wrong, but Dom Quam, Dom Quam, it's a Vietnamese bakery widely known for king cakes. And Dong Fong. Dong Fong. Dong Fong, that's it. There you go. I, I apologize for botching that name. but um, And the other one um, was a traditional old school New Orleans bakery, and I'm, I just went blank on that. But and but I was I was 
it kind of was interesting all the variations of king cakes that they have in between, and there are even some savory ones, and and it was um, very much um, highly debated. And and I, I just realized too that it starts after January sixth, and, and is obviously in in high high time until Mardi Gras. All right. Well, Thomas, it is uh, great to hear from you. We'll be seeing you soon at the Biscuit Experience for our listeners. Uh, Carol and Java and I will be joining Thomas and others uh, on yeah, a, an a excursion. To Marion, Alabama to make biscuits with Chef Scott Peacock. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Sounds awesome. We'll yeah. be biscuit kings and queens around yeah. here. <laughs> and thanks to Thomas for putting that whole sh- yep. shindig together. And uh, we'll see you real soon, friend. Thanks. All right, so let's talk about Elvie's, uh, recently named as one of America's best restaurants of 2022 uh, by the New York Times, no doubt, and uh, was recently featured on True South on ESPN, um, and now nominated for a James Beard Award. And Carol, if you would, before we talk about Elvie's in particular, talk a little bit about the James Beard Award so our listeners will be a little more informed about that. Well, James Beard was a great American food writer, cookbook Mm -hmm. author, uh, really just an icon of American food. And after after his passing, a group of his colleagues and friends opened, took his home in New York and created the James Beard House, where chefs are invited to come and cook for this James Beard Society or, mm-hmm. you know, people who are invited. It's a, it's, it's a great honor. Yeah. And then the awards are really the Academy Awards of the food industry. Uh, I, I've yeah. been probably, you know, 10 times, and for me it's much better than the than the Oscars. But, uh, <laughs> but or the, the Grammys. Or the Grammys. But <laughs> Which I've attended a The James times. Beard Awards honor chefs restaurants, authors, journalists. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's really the whole range of uh, now podcasters and, and winemakers. Yeah, winemakers, wine, wine programs. Yeah. But it, it's a nationwide program, and yeah, there are semifinalists and finalists and award winners, but to be named a semifinalist in this category is for the South. Mm-hmm. No, I guess yours is a national category. Best it's new, best chef south, best chef south, yep. best chef south. Sambu's okay, best new restaurant, restaurant, correct? Which I think is yeah, would be national. I mean, that is you've already won when you are named yeah. a semifinalist. <laughs> it you know puts you on the national map. Mm-hmm. Um, you were already on the national map, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was thrilled to see. I mean, not only are you a semifinalist, but uh, Brett Anderson of New Orleans, who writes for the New York Times, named y'all f- one of the 50 places in America I'm most excited about right now. So what yeah. what great recognition. And yeah, how, did you, how did you find out about the James Beard? So, well, it's funny because I found out about the New York Times in Carpool Line. <laughs> and I had a friend text me and just sent me the link. And I was like... And this is like, oh, I'm just going to look at the list. You know, I didn't expect to see us on there. Um, So that was, you know, pretty wild. And then so we were kind of looking. We knew that they were announcing 
um, I think on the 25th or so. The Beard, the, the Beard be- yeah. semifinalist. And so we, you know, maybe, maybe we have a chance, or it'd be fun to see our name on there. And but they didn't really. I don't know. We didn't know what time. We didn't know when. So we were kind of just kind of refreshing and scrolling, you know, <laughs> around most morning trying to trying to find a list, and then, um, and then they posted it, and you know, we were at the the south is at the very bottom, so we're like, yeah, and then it was there, and. Yeah, it was really fun. The whole staff's excited. Um, yeah, really wow. fun. Phone start ringing. Phone definitely started blowing up, and then I had I was trying to work lunch service, and my phone was just in my pocket, just buzzing. But one of the things that made me so happy this time is it's like the press, the regional press and the state press really picked up on this. Mm-hmm. I remember in back having to call and just kind of beg the you know the food writers or people yeah. at, at the paper to just I was like, yeah this is a really big deal that somebody from Mississippi you know not in Jackson you know, got on this list yeah. but you have been all over the news <laughs> you've been on radio television <laughs> newspaper yeah yeah it's fun you know um growing up in Jackson and then I moved away went to culinary school lived in New York but I always wanted to bring the stuff I saw back home to Jackson and I knew it could work here and uh, you know I just it took a minute but I think the city is now like and the people that come to Elvis are like super excited so anytime we get announced or nominated or whatever people are just like thrilled not just for the restaurant but for the city and they're like really grateful that people are coming back to the city bringing you know Pulito opening up it's just fun to see young people, young talent come back. Sunflower oven bakery. Yeah, sunflower making amazing bread. <clears throat> yeah, so it, it must talk about a little bit about how it feels for your work to be recognized, yeah. what you did. Um, it was interesting, you know, when you mentioned True South, and we were on there, we you know, interviewing with John T, and we were, I just kept talking about the farmers and the city and whatnot, and he was kind of like, so – basically your restaurant's kind of a megaphone for the city and i was like that's exactly it the farmers we're talking about the carrots two dog farms bakery really great bread you know including all those people to create elvies and you know all the amazing farmers um and so that's really kind of the goal and that's what's most fun to work with them and really see all of their product you know shine and all the hard work they put into it um what well, you're talking about the television show True South, mm-hmm. and you were featured in the fifth season, yep. I believe. And uh, our good friend John T. Edge up in Oxford is the host of that of that mm-hmm. series. And uh, listeners, you can watch it on yeah. ESPN, and and you can also. Uh, I think they have it, uh, SEC you, Network has marathon mar- yeah, you know, yeah of, of it. so mm-hmm. it, it's a great a great show they take yeah. a bus and go around the south and mm-hmm. do what they did in jackson so you, you know one of the things about uh elvis that is so cool to me is that i lived on manship street for a long time before this development the town center mm-hmm. uh began and there was truly an old house on the space where your restaurant is and one day a tree fell on it, and uh, the next day they were tearing it down, and I was so sad. And then lo and behold, 
they started rebuilding the house almost exactly the way it was, where it was. And I remember thinking, I would walk past that house all the time and think that would be a cool restaurant. Mm -hmm. And then I looked up and here comes you guys. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that was kind of, that was definitely intentional from the, from day one, Um, you know, taking something that's there and bringing life, you know, back to it. But also, um, you know, kind of naming the restaurant after my grandmother, LV, who lives in New Orleans. I wanted to keep that really homey, welcome neighborhood bistro kind of um, feel, which also feels very New Orleans, which is kind of, you know, kind of lean into that cuisine. Um, so it seemed like a really perfect fit to kind of use that and just bring life to this old house. So talk a little bit about your your best dishes or your most popular dishes. I'm sure all of them are talk about breakfast yeah, and yeah, dinner. Yeah. yeah. So we do breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, the Hangtown omelet is probably one of my favorites. That's the one that With the oysters that John T in the true South, Yeah. you know, they, they, they love that. Um, that's probably really popular. And then the eggs, Koshan, um, which is also a breakfast dish. And then, for dinner, we we have our duck fat French fries, which are really popular, and beef oh, tartare. Yeah. Hey. Beef tartare. Look at look, look at Java, Java in there. there. <laughs> I like a French fry and some duck fat. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. um, and then my favorite is getting some raw oysters, which I try to get from the Gulf. Uh, try to get them from Mississippi when I can. If not, then I look to the neighboring states and get mm-hmm. the closest oyster. And beef tartare. That's how. I'm going to start start my meal. To quote my friend Rick Cleveland, who I had lunch with last week at Elvie's, he said, these folks know how to fry an oyster. <laughs> he was having the fried oyster yeah. salad. Yeah. <laughs> he said, here, eat one of these. Yeah. Uh, it was really, really, really good. Yeah, so, so, you know, seafood, I mean, I love cooking with seafood. So anything, you know, we try to keep the, that seasonal um, snapper, grouper, shrimp. Mm-hmm. You know, it was uh, funny that you were the last guest on our show before the pandemic. Oh, I didn't know did that. Did you know that? Yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. You guys were on, oh, wow. and then we, <laughs> we, we, shut, we yeah. shut her down and went home and started broadcasting. And y'all just we opened. We did similar. We yeah. started, and then we shut down. And so. Yeah. And so, so much has changed. I know. Yeah, so much has changed. And actually, Malcolm, you and I ate dinner on Friday night before, before the shutdown. Yeah, before the shut before the shutdown. You know, uh, most restaurants that have had to shut down for COVID, and then here in Jackson, not to beat a dead horse, you know, we've had the two water crises, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that makes life even more difficult. But isn't it peculiar that you've had such success in these incredibly trying times? Most people would think these guys will never make it yeah. in post-COVID. Yeah. They'll never reopen. They'll never get any help. It's been brutal. And then a water crisis. And then another water crisis. Yeah. yeah. But yet uh, here yeah. you are, you know, getting rave reviews and being acknowledged in a short time, really, mm-hmm. for a restaurant. And and you did it all during really incredibly hard times. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, it was very hard. Um, it was almost, you know, I mean, it was a very unique situation. But I guess you know when the whole nation was kind of shutting down, no one knew what to do. So it's kind of like the playbook is out the window, and then it was kind of freeing of like, all right, we can 
run with whatever crazy wild idea. And that's, you know, a bunch of pop-ups inviting chefs to cook and the neighborhood and city really gravitated towards it. And we just tried to keep, keep up and keep doing it. At what point did you start doing breakfast? Day one. Day one. Yeah. So yeah, that's we quite had, a commitment to yeah. keep a, a kitchen open it is. all day long. It is. So um, you opened when exactly? We opened actually the same day that Pelita is opening up, January 31st. January 31st. Okay. Yeah. Wow. How so interesting. A big In birthday, 20. birthday bashes. Yeah. January yeah. 31st, 2020. Yeah. Goodness. Can you stick around for, yeah. for the whole show? Great. Yeah. I think it would be fun. It speaks to um, Hunter's passion because I don't think you made it through 2020, 21, 22, and now we're in 23 without having a passion for what he's doing. And, you know, being at such a high level, it's, it's kind of deserving to be recognized by James Beard and, you know, passion, resilience, you know. Oh, yeah. Hopefully I'm not making you blush. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate it. All right. Deep South Dining, Carol Palmer, Malcolm White, Hunter Evans from Elvie's. And joining us now in the studio, Sophia Muhammad, and we are so glad you are here from Sambu's African Kitchen. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Hey. Put your mic up a little bit so we can, we can better hear you. There you go. Great. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're the co-owner. Uh, it's a family affair, as I understand it. It is, yes. Um, I'm a co-owner along with Joseph Sambu. Um, it's been a journey we both uh, moved to Mississippi from New York City together to start this venture. And since then, it's been a really positive experience. And we're just really excited about how welcoming everyone in Mississippi has been uh, to us and um, our restaurant. Well, wow, <laughs> that you were nominated uh, by the James yeah. Beard Society uh, as one of the best new restaurants in the United States. Yes, Um it was it was unexpected, obviously. Um, I got a call um, that morning from a reporter um, <laughs> saying, hey, uh, we're looking, uh, we just want to congratulate you for the nomination and we want to do a story. And that's how I heard about it. I had no idea. Really? <laughs> yes. Did you say, congr- uh, for uh, what? <laughs> right. I was like, what are you talking about? Tell me more about this award because I'm, I'm personally I'm new to the restaurant business, mm-hmm. so I didn't even know about the award. And then as I'm on the phone with the reporter, I'm like on my computer Googling this award. And I'm like, whoa, this is yeah. a big deal. <laughs> it's a really big deal. <laughs> and it was, it was great. And I'm very grateful and excited about it. Well, uh, as as you know, uh, Hunter also is nominated, so yes. uh, we have two James Beard nominations uh, in the room with us, and you know, with very different cuisines. Let's, mm-hmm. you know, Hunter, uh, you, you describe your cuisine. You you, you talk about your influences. You, you know, New Orleans, where you lived, where you worked, mm-hmm. and, and and sort of, and then we'll talk a little bit about the cuisine uh, that that you offer at Sambu's. Yeah, so. Like I mentioned, LV was my grandmother, lived in New Orleans. So growing up, I'd always go down to New Orleans and visit her, kind of see the like grand dining rooms, the old Arnaud's, Galatois. We never ate there, but kind of looking through the windows, like, oh, that's like the, the peak, you know, the white tablecloth, the tuxedos. Um, you know, and then later, you know, I found cookbooks with all their old stuff and... 
I guess my experience, I went to culinary school. I'm classically French trained, but I moved back and really inspired by the farmers and the produce and the seasons here, the traditions here. And so it's kind of um, that the French technique, but kind of through the lens of Southern cuisine and where I am. Um, and, you know, we took that all the way to the decor of kind of this classic, minimal, simple, um, timeless kind of feel. Because I kind of wanted to be the next hundred-year-old restaurant, mm-hmm. um, you know. So, like, well, if no one else is doing it, you know, who else is going to make these classic restaurants? Or um, So, yeah, that's kind of where... And Sophia, can you describe Sambu's for us and sort of the the, the food and the atmosphere and the family operation? Absolutely. Um, We are uh, a family-owned restaurant. And in the kitchen, we have Miss Sally, Joe's mom. Um, We have Vivian, who is his sister. And then we have a few chefs who we've hired who uh, we've known from here. And essentially, we cook like we will cook at home. one of the things that is really special about uh, the African culture, whether you're from West Africa or you're from East Africa, which is where I'm from, food is how you express love and care and, and, and family, right? When you go to um, folks' homes, people get offended if you don't eat their food, <laughs> right? It's like, you're not going to eat, you know? Um, so we really wanted to create that type of environment in our restaurants from the moment you walk in you are greeted with a smile you are um you are uh impressed by the decor and the different type of culture that's represented on our walls and our and decoration and you know we're just representing a small part of africa africa is huge there are so many different types of cultures and languages and foods and we're just trying to do our best to represent some parts of it or as much as we can um, and our foods are well seasoned. It's a combination of different types of meats and grains and vegetables and oils and st- stews. So um, it's definitely something that uh, is, is made with, with love and with care. And the whole purpose of it is to give folks uh, a glimpse of the African culture through food and through vibes, really. So the Sambu family is from Gambia. Yes. And that's. And that's- West Coast. Yes, West Africa. Yes. And the food of that area is a lot of seafood. Absolutely. Because the Gambia is located right at the coast of Africa, right, seafood um, is is very much um, popular. Uh, so one of the dishes that we have on our menu is the fish yasa as well as the chicken yasa. You can make it with different types of meats. And uh, it's one of my favorite dishes because it's simple, yet it's also very flavorful. It has simple ingredients like onions, mustard, uh, lemons, and different uh, seasonings. And it's marinated deeply and cooked, baked, or fried, and then served with couscous or white rice. So, Yeah, it's interesting you, you, you use the word deep because you see on my notebook I just wrote deep, <laughs> deep. And I'm, I'm a fan of the chicken yasa. I have not had the fish yasa. And the other dishes, the oxtail. Yes, uh, stew I was about to say, can we talk about the oxtail? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was also that, that listed was my word top is dish. Deep. Yes, is, di- is that the sauces are deep? Yes. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Hunter, for uh, shouting that out. Yeah. Uh, our oxtails um, made it on the top twenty-five dishes we can't stop thinking about article by the New York Times in December. 
which was really awesome because uh, people are jokingly calling us the oxtail place. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we yeah we spend hours marinating the oxtails. I think that is what makes our oxtails one of the best, if not the best. Is um, we spent a lot of time. Uh, we we use a variety of seasonings and we make sure that they're at least marinated for twenty four hours, right? And like that is. All the flavors are infused inside mm-hmm. the meats. And then if you know anything about oxtails, they take forever to cook, <laughs> right? In order for them to be, you know, falling off the bone, it, it requires a lot of uh, hours. So um, they're, they're cooked for a long time and um, you'll taste it and you'll, you'll see all, all the love that's inside it. And I don't work for the New York Times, but those oxtails <laughs> are amazing. Just so from firsthand experience, um, this is Java in the booth, firsthand experience, those oxtails are amazing. Yeah, I love that. When Joseph uh, Sambu was here a few months ago, he was telling us about the price of oxtails oh, and yes. how it's, you're, you're losing money every time you put an oxtail on somebody's plate. But right. he said that you're so committed because that dish is what people are coming for. Absolutely. And that you just ha- you, we have we have to have it. We have to have it. We introduced it. We, people love it. We can't take it away. We just have to, you know, figure out, um, you know, the pricing in other areas of, of the restaurant. Um, but I love them. Um, I try not to eat them every single day because that's also not good for me and my health. But um, we're also we're also excited to introduce other oxtail dishes on our menu. Um we have curry oxtail, we have oxtail soup. So we wanted to give people a variety of different ways that oxtails can be prepared, and people love it. Um, our second bestseller, I think, uh, is probably the oxtail soup. Okay. Uh, I really enjoyed the lamb. Is it mafe? How do you say it? Oh, my gosh. The lamb mafe. Yes. It is so good. Look at Hunter's yeah, eyes. I'm going Wednesday night, so tell me. <laughs> yes. what I You've got to tell him to look out for Hunter Wednesday yes. night. Yes. Listen, um, if you want the mafe, it's either Monday or Thursday. It's a Monday. Okay. Yes. Well, you'll go the next week. Yeah, too. I, the next week. Okay. Or maybe we can make a special batch just for you because I know you're coming. <laughs> uh, you could get the special treatment. Um, the la mafe, that's actually, Joe has a lot of favorite um, dishes, but when we first met, he told me, I love mafe, I love mafe. I'm like, what is mafe? Some parts of West Africa call it um, groundnut soup, peanut butter soup. Mm. Essentially, it's okay. peanut butter that is added into the yeah. stew and slowly marinated. And all the sweetness of the peanut butter obviously goes away. And what's left is like this rich, really deep <laughs> flavor. Yeah. Um, and the meat that inside the stew can be chicken, it can be lamb, it could be beef. Um for uh, us at Sampo's African Kitchen, we use lamb for it, um, and it's great. It's it's one of his favorites. It's one of my favorites, um, and it's popular in West Africa. So there's not just the Gambia who cooks it, but maybe other countries cook it differently, but it's the same concept. I have to shout out uh, the meat pies to Hunter because don't miss I'll, I'll the meat pies. It looks like I'm getting multiple entrees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'll be there a while. It's important. Yeah. Yes. Yes. When when Joseph was here, we talked a little bit about the similarities and differences between this West African cooking and Southern cooking, mm-hmm. because a lot of the cooking that we do here came from West Africa. Of course. Um, and, uh, and and he 
He was. I, my recollection is is he said, "Well, not really, but if we named a few things like greens, and we started down a list of things, and he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> it's the same thing.' Do you uh, see any similarities? Absolutely. I think that um, they're essentially historically right. It's it's um, it's West African African people who were involuntarily brought into America who ended up building this country, and right. through that. During that time, they also had to prepare food for themselves or folks in their communities. And, of course, they used tactics and they used recipes. They used ingredients that they were familiar with in Africa to brought it here in the U.S. So I definitely see a similarity between West African cooking, Caribbean cooking to Southern cooking, whether it is uh, the type of seasoning are used, the way that the greens are cleaned, the way that... uh, (laughs) chicken is cleaned. There's been like a huge, um, there's like a online, there's like, do you clean chicken or do you not clean chicken? Do you wash your chicken or do you not? Uh, we wash our chicken. We make sure that it is uh, done with vinegar uh, so that there's, you know, there's not any um, bacteria that spread. But I think that there are specific tactics and, and seasonings and type of ways that we marinate the meats also that I see a similarity in Southern cooking. Well, we have a couple of callers. Let's let's see. Annie is on the phone from uh, I can't see it. It looks like West Tennessee. Hello, Annie. How are you? Good morning. How are you all? Great. Good morning. Besides making everyone hungry, which is kind of evil but nice. Since <laughs> um, you all were talking about James Beard, um, I, it 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 reminded me that my mother, um, who is Steve. Since deceased, she made the most, the world's best fruitcake, and she copied down this recipe from James Beard, James Beard um, dark fruitcake recipe. But when the copy I have, she she obviously got some of the um, some of the the measurements wrong because one copy says one and one says another, and then there weren't a lot of step-by-step because she just did it. She knew how to make it and didn't even look at the recipe. So I wondered, I, I tried to find it online, but I can't find the his original. I'm, I'm looking right now, and there are a, cu- a couple of them. There's one on Cook, Eat, Share, which looks like the yeah, the original Um I wish I had time to do more research. We have a whole it, week. But it's there. And it's we, there. We'll talk about it next week. <laughs> we'll yeah, talk absolutely. about it. All right. Well, thanks so much, Annie. And uh, James Beard was, a, as we said, was an, a, a renowned American chef, a great baker. I have a James Beard uh, nice. cookbook of all baked goods. Mm-hmm. It's really, really good. I wanted to mention, before we get off the air along with Hunter uh, and Samu's, that uh, Alex Perry and Kamu Omari from uh, Vestige in Ocean Springs were also nominated. Yeah, nice. So there are other Mississippians, which is amazing, nice. uh, to, to join the parade. Yeah, they're great. I've gotten to know them over the couple, past couple years. So also Melissa Martin uh, from Mosquito Supper, Supper Club, Club, who we've Ooh. had on the show, has gotten nominated, great got a nomination cooper. this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you guys have brought us such honor. Our city has been kind of beat up and mm-hmm. sad lately, and y'all are both such a bright spot 
And we are so proud that yeah, Jackson really is developing into a great food community. Amen. I yeah, so. and, and, you know, you guys are Jackson, and this show, what what, what we've talked about here today is, is it for me. I mean, West African uh, cooking and traditions and mm-hmm. New Orleans and the South and good old Mississippi stuff we grew up on and taking it to another level, and you guys – represent that and we are so proud of you and we are so grateful that you've come on our show thank you to share your stories and we'll have you back yes both of you and uh, we know you're ready for joseph to return (laughs) he's coming home tonight i'm ready for him to come home he's in in west africa yes he went to the gambia to visit um his dad and the rest of his family so he's coming back tonight (laughs) great congratulations uh for our um award recipients and nominations you know it's all a process carol it's all a process process. Malcolm. deep south dining is a production of mississippi public broadcasting's think radio we are funded by generous contributions from folks like yourself and we thank you our show is produced by java chapman for my co-host carol palmer and our very special guests sophia muhammad and chef hunter evans i'm malcolm white this is an mpb think radio podcast to hear previous shows Visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.